The Light Breakfast with Asha and Nan, brought to you by Maybank. On Alter Ego today, we're speaking to Kim Noble, artist and author who, as someone with disassociative identity disorder, has almost a hundred distinct personalities. We kind of know that DID's got um, to do with multiple personalities, but I wonder if you could help explain to you know people who've never heard of it before um, what. DID actually is? Well, I, as I will say, is that I'm not a professional, um, but from my point of view, as somebody that has DID, it's um, when you are very young and you've had so much trauma, you disconnect from it and somebody else will take over. So you actually like invent and create another personality to deal with it because it's too painful, it's too difficult um, to live that life um, with all that pain and abuse. So you create another personality. Um, It's a way of escaping from the life that you've got. So it's easier to deal with if you see if somebody else is having it, not you. So it's um, that's what happens. And then if it keeps going, then you get another personality and another personality. And I suppose when you're really young, you see you, you, there's no escape is that, you know, you, you can't run away. You don't even think about running away. You just feel that I can't bear this anymore. It's not a conscious decision. It's all like subconscious. Um, and then obviously as you grow up and it's continuing, you've got these personalities and they become fixed in a life of their own really so yeah that's how I see it and in your particular case did you have early signs that you had DID uh, or was it that someone else had perhaps picked up on it and then died yeah somebody else picked up on it yeah somebody else picked up on it um, because I had been in and out of hospital from the age of 14 um, being diagnosed with different things so somebody well people knew there was an issue but I didn't know what it was and they didn't know what it was and I kept getting different diagnoses um and it wasn't until later in life when um what actually happened is I had an appointment um at a clinic and I didn't turn up but I did because another personality went so I phoned up and said look I'm sorry that I didn't turn up to my appointment could we reschedule it and they thought, well, that's strange because she did come to the appointment. Um, and that's when um, it, the therapist realised that um, I could have DID at that point because I had, I'd phoned to say that I'm sorry I didn't turn up and I had actually been. Well, it wasn't me. It was another personality that went. But So that's how I f- first got diagnosed with DID. And how so, old were you then? I think I was about 33. I was quite old. Oh, okay. And so prior to, um, as far as you can tell, there were no other incidents that other people had picked up on? Well, there was, I mean, but they didn't know it was linked to DID. Like, you know, people, I get told off for things I didn't do. And then I said, I didn't do them like at school. You know, I'd be sitting outside the headmaster's room because I was in trouble for doing something and I actually hadn't done it. But the body had done it, but it was another personality. So things like that had come up like more or less all my life. And even when I was in hospital, um, it was a therapeutic community and we all had uh, jobs to do. Um, And one of my personalities used to go and always do the breakfast early in the morning. But that wasn't our job. It was somebody else's job. Um, But I was denying it was me that was doing it. Um, And everybody was saying, but, you know, who's getting up early and doing all this? 
And so it took a while for people to realise that, yes, it was me, but they just thought I was doing it to help somebody else out who didn't want to do it. And they didn't click that it was DID. They just thought it was just me being a bit weird. Mm. So in those moments when another personality takes over, I'm not sure if that's the right word, and you have no recollection of that, how, how did you explain that to yourself that you couldn't remember? Well, uh, I think at the time, um, I just thought I had a bad memory. And obviously, because it had been happening as a, a very young child, I thought, you know, well, I haven't got a very good memory. And I'm always getting blamed for everything. But also, you know, it's always happened. It was it was what life was like for me. So I didn't realise. So when I would go to the doctors, it would never be, oh, I've got a bad memory. Oh, I've um, like lose time because I wasn't aware of it as such. I was, but I just thought this was the norm because when it's happened from a young age, how do you know any different until other people start saying to you, well, you know, well, I think I was getting the blame for things. I felt I was hard done by. I hadn't done things and people were accusing me of doing things. Um, when I look back, yes, there were signs, but I didn't know about DID, so I couldn't diagnose DID. So there'd be signs like different clothes in the wardrobe. Um, you know, lots of different toothbrushes that didn't belong to me. Um, so there was there were signs, but not knowing about DID, I couldn't have even considered it being an option. When you did get that diagnosis, though, um, how did you feel? When I got the diagnosis, I felt very frightened at first. Um, I didn't have it much understanding of it, and it seemed crazy that there was other personalities in my body that take over the body. It felt very alienated, very bizarre. I didn't understand it at all. And yet, from the time of diagnosis um, and having the proper therapy for it, I've I've stayed out of hospital. I've been in hospital. Now, before that, I was in that hospital at least once a year, you know, for a couple of months. And um, so, you know... <laughs> I do feel, yes, it was definitely the right diagnosis because from getting that, you know, I'm at where I'm at now, which the personalities are still here, but they're obviously a bit more controlled and I have a better understanding. As far as the personalities are concerned, do you communicate with the others? Are are they able to cross-communicate? No. The only way I communicate is try and leave them notes. I don't hear them. I don't see them. You know, I just... I think when we started to paint, it's the closest I felt to them because it it felt like there's a blank canvas. um, That's part of them on that painting. They are communicating to me. They feel real. It's not me that's done that. Somebody else has done it and I can see it. Um, And it felt, you know, real. Before that, it was like, you know, yes, these people are around, but I'm disconnected from them. They're really not me. I'm me and they are them. You know, I know some people with DID do communicate. They do hear the voices and are able to communicate. I just do leave notes around to hopefully if they listen, but not all of them understand DID. So some of them think it's rubbish. And there's like Judy, one of the personalities who's 15, she just thinks that she's herself and nobody else and I'm just you know I leave her notes and she'll write back mind her own business go and get a life of your own you know more or less telling me what to do not realizing we share the body. So you mentioned art and I I mean 
your work is astonishingly beautiful every different I don't know whether to use the word I mean phase or or, or personalities piece um can you tell us a little bit about you know how your passion for art started and how all of that sort of unfolded well when um we we were having therapy and our therapist um said that we she thought it'd be good if we had a support worker to come into the house because I had um a younger Amy and it'd be nice if she came to the house and you know stayed with us for a couple of hours and the person that came in was a a support worker but she was also a trainee art therapist so she wasn't trained to do art therapy with us but she was obviously interested in art and tried to get us to do some painting and the usual thing no I can't paint and um you know, not going to do any. And then in the end, we got some the back of wallpaper um, and my daughter's paints. And so we sat there just doodling. And there was at that point, there were six personalities, oh, five personalities that were joining in and doing like doodles on back of wallpaper. And then Debbie, the therapist, who was an art therapist, she said, um, I think you should be taking your work more seriously. It was just after Christmas. I went to the sours and books and canvas and some paints and I suppose the rest is history and gradually over the years a few more personalities started painting as well and that's why now there's 14 artists it's not all the personalities but there's 14. Since we're on the subject we don't actually know for our listeners how many personalities are there? There's Probably 20 that are active and come forward a lot. Um, There's some fragments that just come out, like if there's um, something that's triggering, uh, they'd be out um, for a few minutes. But fully functioning personalities, I'd say about 20. And they're all very, very distinct. I notice also in in age and gender and and habits, how are you able to keep track of all their lives unless they they share bits of information with you? As you say, you write to them, but do they often write back? No, I mean, not that often. Um, It's only Judy, who's the 15-year-old, who would, you know, be a bit rude to me and telling me to get a life and, you know, um, mind my own business. It's usually, I usually leave notes about the artwork asking you know if somebody wants like a commission to be done um then it's you know I've got to try and get that across to them uh, which can be quite difficult um so I do leave messages out they don't often communicate with me um Judy will leave she's the only one that really leaves the notes now it's just going to go back with the with with the the paintings um is that one of the ways that you've sort of gotten to know and, and communicate or understand all of you um, by seeing sort of the work that they do? Yes, by seeing their work, I've got a better understanding of how they're feeling, um, what they've been through, their experiences, um, you know, and I think it's and for them, I think it's a way to get it out in the open to actually speak, you know, have a voice. Are your personalities, do they have independent relationships with other people yes some not so much now because obviously the body is old (laughs) and some of them think they're young um but in the past yeah there were they had different relationships different friends I mean not many but you know they did have different friends and somebody had come up to me and I didn't know them um they thought they knew me uh where it was they knew Judy or 
Bonnie or, you know, one of the others. So, yeah, they had different friend groups. I mean, some of them the same. And, you know, later on in life, you know, our friends know about DID. They understand, you know, it could be a different personality. Obviously, as you said, you know, you've got 20 more dominant personalities there, but there are others and you will go through changes. Are you aware or is an inkling that it's about to happen? I mean, how does that change happen? No, sometimes it can be very quick, um, which is nine times out of 10. um, And I'm not aware of it. Sometimes I know, you know, from what's happened in the past triggers that will trigger us so I can avoid them or I can go and get them so that there's a you know somebody else comes out but no usually um there's triggers that I would avoid so that it's state you know it's just mainly me I'm not aware of when they come out it just happens very quickly I completely understand if this is a question you you don't feel comfortable answering but have you always been sort of I guess as my grand would say, the ringleader, you know, but the more dominant personality that is. Yeah, no, no, I never was. The first personality that was a dominant one was Hayley. She disappeared and then Bonnie became the main personality. Bonnie's still around and paints and that. And But then after Bonnie, I took over. So I think when things got too much, because I, I don't know what happened was, is um, they said that we'd never, that social services said we'd never be fit to bring up our daughter. And she was removed at birth. We fought through the courts. We got her back at six months um, and she stayed with us ever since. And there's there's not been any problems whatsoever. She's well, well, healthy, well adjusted, finished her law degree um, and doing well in life. Um, So, you know, they were wrong. But during all that time, it was very, very stressful. Uh, social services were watching us which you know just puts a strain on you even we ha- even though we had nothing to hide and um, when Bonnie was around she was dealing with social services it became too stressful for Bonnie so she actually disappeared and then I took over um, that was when Amy our daughter was about seven and I've been around as the main person ever since and uh, very interestingly, um, one of the personalities is a little boy, I understand, who, who only speaks Latin. Is that correct? Uh, that's, um, yeah, Diabolus. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about him. I don't know Latin much. It was that he had written to our therapist um, and she didn't know much Latin. So she asked if he could speak German. He could speak German, but not very well, only probably up to the it was tested and I think it was up to the 11 of a seven-year-old when he was older than seven. So his uh, German wasn't very good, but I have never had German lessons, French lesson, lessons or any other than speak English. Right. And as far as you know, is he aging along with you? No, he, he's frozen in time. Right. I understand. Is that the same for Judy as well? Yes. What would your, I don't know whether the word advice is right, but I guess, what would your advice be to someone who's been sort of struggling, has the diagnosis, or is a family member of someone who has this diagnosis? It's very difficult. I I think I've been very lucky that I've been able to have the proper treatment and I've had therapy, um, which has, you know, been a lifesaver for us. Um, I still have therapy now. 
Um, so, you know, I think therapy, to have therapy is is the main thing. Let the personalities speak. You know, don't dismiss them. Don't keep them quiet and acknowledge them. And as time goes on, you know, it's got, well, for us personally, it's got easier. I know that they've got the outlet now of art, which helps because before, you know, they'd be going off, driving the car, there'd be a switch. One of them that doesn't drive would be stranded, come back home. I don't know where the car is. I have to, you know, try and hunt down the car. I've reported it stolen a couple of times and it hasn't been stolen only by another personality. And so, you know, it's not easy, especially in the early days, until there is some sort of like, agreement. We didn't make an agreement as such, but because of the enjoyment of painting, uh, personalities weren't leaving the house as often. Um, so that that made us feel a bit more safe and secure. Um, they are here to protect me. So they're not dangerous. You know, some of them can feel low and suicidal. But, you know, people with DID are not dangerous. I mean, you do get a bit of an aggression, you might get an aggressive person. But, you know, the point with DID is to protect the body. So why would they do too much harm? And I just think, yeah, I mean, therapy is my best advice, which is not the easiest thing to get for everybody. I'm very glad we had the opportunity to speak with you about that, because I think the last thing that you said about it being protective, um, I think that would go a long way in, in redressing a lot of misconceptions that people might have about this. Um, thank mm. you very much for taking the time. And I know there is a big time difference. I really appreciate it. We do very much. And I think you're going to be someone who inspires a lot of people to pick up a paintbrush and try so thank you so much for that yeah you're welcome and it's lovely meeting you both well thank you so much kim for talking to us today and sharing so much with us if you want to find out more about kim you should read her book it's called all of us it's available online and you can also go online to see the art of all of her distinct personalities at kimnobleartist.com now remember you can also listen to this interview again on the light breakfast podcast that's on the shock app that's s-y-o-k